You must be at least 18 years of age to listen to the following podcast. Black, and you are listening to Sexual Heroes. Adam Surge describes himself as a Tumblr apocalypse survivor turned adult model, lovable and insatiably horny dude next door, Trekkie, linguist, video editor, burlesque performer, pole dancer, and winner of a 2021 Raven's Eden Award. You'll find him on most platforms as Adam Surge XXX. Hey, Adam Surge. Welcome to Sexual Heroes. Hi. Good morning. <laughs> that sounded timid. Uh, you know, I like to I like to start timid because uh, then as it builds, you know, it's right. you have somewhere more of a to crescendo go. of personality. Oh, got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. I'm excited to have you. You were on an earlier episode and uh, couldn't probe you as much as I would have liked. So I wanted to have you back. Mm-hmm. You sent me that bio. Very short one, but boy, it sure raises a lot of questions. I, I, I like a short and succinct bio line. Um, I'm used to being announced on a stage, so you can't make those too long. Right. Well, the first thing I want to talk about has nothing to do with sex. And that is, you say you're a Trekkie. I am. I am a Trekkie. Yeah, I've been a Trekkie for many years. All right. Now, Trekkie or Trekker? And are you aware of the difference? Uh, actually, I'm not. Can you, can oh. you explain the difference? A long time ago, I was corrected for using the word Trekkie. Oh. It's Trekker. Oh, no. Well, there, okay. there is, there is, there's a difference. And I was, was, this, ju- was it, was this at a convention? Like, <laughs> this is the thing. If you Google around, you'll see okay. Trekkie oh. is more of a derogatory word for someone who right. basically has lost touch with reality <laughs> and okay. they're okay. living it. And the trekker is well, a fan who understands the difference between being in Starfleet and just admiring <laughs> the movies and shows. You know what I would say to that is that someone who takes the pause to create that correction is probably someone who does not know too much of the difference between being in Starfleet versus the fantasy of being in movies. That's just intense, man. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe so. Maybe so. I, you know what? Don't, don't <laughs> drag me on the forums that I'm not a member of and see none of the comments of, you know what? <laughs> okay. All right. 2021 best cum guzzler. Yep. Love cummies. I'm so jealous. I want to know how you, <laughs> how does someone get that award? Yeah, I'll tell you um, the way that someone gets that award is an organization um, run on the internet creates a survey monkey <laughs> and fans vote on the survey monkey and I don't think that I paid that much attention to this particular word. It's a fan based award. Actually, it's kind of cool. I mean, a lot of these awards work this way. Like XBiz, I think XBiz works by fan voting, doesn't it? Or Gavians works by fan voting. Some of them, uh, a lot of them work by fan voting. Maybe I'm not so sure. Well, certainly some of them. Um, I'm not sure about Gavian, but anyway. Well, yeah, I feel like Gavians has had posts where they're like, come vote for your thing. But maybe I'm wrong mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. But maybe. Raven's Eden is like this, this like the the guy that runs it is just like a fan of porn and he just makes a thing and people vote people. Oh, this is the big, the big difference is that um, the reason why you get categories like that 
and why sometimes they sound kind of ridiculous is because you can write in categories. Mm. Um, so fans can just write in categories as long as a category gets at least like five to 10 nominees or something, then it becomes a real category. Um, and people can vote on it in the final rounds. So someone decided to write in a cum guzzler category. And like my first studio scene was like a four way and like I got bukkake on. So like, I just, I just love cummies, man. I just, uh, I'm a big fan. <laughs> A big fan of spermies. So, yeah. I'm so jealous. And I may have said this on other podcasts, but the 10 years that I was doing most of my porn, just uh-huh. when I started, they stopped doing any cum eating because of oh. AIDS and HIV. And oh, then just I when I was stopping porn, they started doing cum eating again. Mainstream studios. Sure. I never got to eat a load on camera. I'm so sorry. In 10 years. Um, <laughs> and it's like my, my favorite thing to do. You know, I love, I love cum. I will say that for me, I don't think about eating the load. Like I'm not one of those people that wants to like drink it or like that. Mm. For me, it's about the visceral feel and smell. So I, I just love getting painted on. I love it all over my face. I love it all mm. over my body. I just like love intensely smelling it. I don't think I go out of my way to eat it. Oh. Um, I don't, I don't like, I don't usually like for me, honestly, if I'm giving somebody a blow job and they come in my mouth, like that's fine. I'm happy to have brought them to orgasm, but that's not what makes me excited. What makes me excited is them just like whacking it off on my face so that I'm just like painted and covered and it's like dripping down my cheeks. Like that's amazing. That's where I get really happy. Huh? Wow. That's, it's, that's very different. That's a different whole mindset. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause that, Mm -hmm. Uh, see, I should have the Come Guzzler Award because that, that's not guzzling at him. <laughs> well, you know, wait a minute, wait a minute. But let's 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 not get it twisted. I've eaten many a many a load, many a load. So <laughs> okay. let's not let's not. You know, we're we're splitting hairs here. But yeah. they didn't they didn't have a, they didn't have a Come Splatter Award. So no, I guess not. Okay, okay. Well, you got an award for that, but if you were going to give yourself an award, what would it be? When someone hears Adam Surge, what would you expect is the first thing they're going to think of that would be award worthy? Well, it sounds like we need to correct the term cum guzzler since <laughs> it's not as oh. accurate as you may want it to be. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, you know, award winning personality. Insert ding there. <laughs> <laughs> A little sparkle on your tooth. Yeah. <laughs> a little, sp- little sparkle, a little sparkle. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the right award is for me. Um, I'm happy with the award that I've been given. I do love cummies. Um, I love having a personality. Uh, anyone who likes sperm and has a personality is cool in my book. Um, if we could combine those into a single award, I'd take it. Who would you expect is drawn to your content? I obviously get a lot of like beta boys who come and want to watch my porn because I make a lot of porn with that lens in mind and a lot of non-solo porn that with that lens makes. I feel like a lot of people who are producing their own stuff, at least, who are in that world are usually soloists. Um, so I make a lot of, of duo scene porn with a beta lens in mind. So a lot of those guys, uh, lots of people that are into like nipple play, nipple fetishism, I try to highlight that in every single scene that I make and in my studio scenes too. Cause like, I'm just a director diva in my head. So like, especially if, if, if I like know my scene partner, we can like steer the thing the way we want it to. Like I make sure that stuff is highlighted. So yeah, nipple pigs, cum pigs, 
bait pigs, people that like a good coitus interruptus laugh every once in a while. Fun sex. Fun sex. Fun <laughs> sex. Yeah. I don't display lots of aggressive fucking. Like, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like that's like very, very represented in porn as it is. It's not my natural mm -hmm. state of being and it's not where I naturally like move to. So if you want to like watch people get aggressively pounded out, like that's probably not mm -hmm. the kind of porn that I make. I'm just not, I'm not wired like that. So. When I look at your stuff, your teasers, your trailer, your Twitter feed, what comes to mind to me is guy next door sex. That's what I Thank think. You. Does that kind of hit it? Is that is that my award? Is that the award you're going to give That's me? That's the award I would give you. Best guy next door. Oh, sex. you heard it here. Congratulations, Adam Surge, winner of Guy Next Door Sex. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. The guy next door sex is fun. It's relatable. Exactly. Um, you know, people feel like it could be like the real sex that you have with them. But you know what though? There are lots of people out there whose guy next door sex is aggressive, rearranged their intestines, pounded yeah. out <laughs> by the neighbor. So I don't think that that distills it enough for me just because guy next door can mean so many things. So the guy next door could be a pro dom leather daddy, you know? Right. I live in the gayborhood in San Diego, man. The guy next door probably is that. So I think it has to do with your, your look too, the look, the vibe. Okay. Yeah. I just like it's, to be, be yeah. the fun, fun boy from down the street. You know, yeah. maybe you want to go, bowling i suck at bowling don't take me bowling but you know do something like that after 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 we come though because we always do a reverse date right because we're horny we get that out of the way then we go do other activities so we don't spend the whole time during those other activities thinking about how we're going to get to the sex that's my least favorite thing in the world yeah um, so we go bowling after uh we could go bowling we'll just just roll gutter balls together yeah now you mentioned your nipples someone posted recently like within the past day on Twitter, uh, they wrote, my nipples are so sensitive 24 seven, but every once in a while they become even more sensitive. And even just my shirt brushing up against them is sending me into a horny frenzy, send help. And you responded, same. Mm -hmm. Wow. Seriously. Right. I'm so jealous. <laughs> Do you want to know the key? You yeah. Know the trick? Yeah. Please. You literally just, it's just psychological conditioning. As long as you don't have deadened nerve endings, as long as you don't have an injury or a piercing or something that's like messed up your nerve endings and you can feel sensation, you literally just train them like Pavlovian conditioning by playing with them every single time you jerk off. And before you know it, you have a fetish. I mean, just the way fetish works like in your brain, right? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I've been rubbing my nipples while jerking off this is the asmr section of the podcast um i've been i've been rubbing my nipples while i masturbate probably since age like 12 or 13 and i'm 40 so that is a long many decades of brain conditioning that those things are wired like that's all you have to do you can have a fucking elbow fetish if you rub your elbows every time you jerked off like it's really not that deep mm -hmm. um you just happen to have a lot of nerve endings there right um unless you have damage or have had something that has caused them to um become detached or this or that but i just need to get on them more than yeah just get i gotta play with them all the time every day every day for a little bit 15 minutes a day right every morning you know play with your pp and like stroke your titties and you'll be good but now if someone plays with their tits, do you get hard just from that without even touching your dick? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, Those God. are the erection buttons. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's the key. If I'm that's... having trouble staying hard, that's where you got to go. Yeah. Wow. Now I'm just thinking about that. 
Now I'm just thinking about working your nipples. I can I can't nut from like hands free like that, but um I I can nut just from watching videos of someone doing that to nipples. Like that's all I need. I really I get off to the Skinamax edition of porn. Like I don't need to see the hardcore parts of porn at all to orgasm. Like all I need to see sometimes is the like flick of a tongue against a nipple or like the sniff of an armpit or the like nuzzle of a head into a body and like bodies like rolling around or like doing a thing. And that's all I need. Like I can watch that on loop for like five minutes straight or 10 minutes straight or however long I'm going for two hours for some of these people. here. <laughs> wow. When was Adam Surge born? How long ago? Your porn shenanigans. I've been performing under that stage name since 2017 um, on stage. Um, and then I started doing porn in 2019. Tell me about the stage. What was happening on stage? Um, I started doing burlesque and pole dance. Um, let's see. My first gig was for this like charity benefit show. It was a pole act for this charity benefit show. And I didn't have a stage name at the time. Um, and so that's the stage name that I came up with. And then I started doing porn in 2019 and I decided to just keep using the same stage name because I already have enough going on in my life that it was too complicated to have like 10 Instagram accounts and like 10 Twitter accounts mm -hmm. and like 10 yeah. million things. So I just was like, you know, consolidate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it started before the pandemic. Yeah. 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 I'm not a pandy baby. Okay. Yeah. yeah Cause a lot of people did start during <laughs> the pandemic and why in the year 20, maybe 2016 it might have been i can't remember i texted my friend will shout out will who's my bestie and i said to him i had a dream and in my dream we started a very successful porn tumbler together <laughs> and then i just became a tumbler boy this was sort of towards the end of tumbler unfortunately mm -hmm. um, so it really never got i mean it got it picked up a, a bit of speed like it was a what i might term a modestly successful tumbler called omg dixon .com. um <laughs> and anyway we ran it together and tumblr is a lot of reblogging and posting and at some point i started sharing stuff of myself just for fun and he would occasionally too but he kind of like kind of dropped off and stopped using it and then it was just me running it and then I just like started making it more and more myself at some point. And then that got response that was positive. If there was response that was negative, I have selectively forgotten it. And then at some point uh, late in 2018, as we all know, the story goes, Tumblr decided that to survive in the Apple App Store, it had to remove all salacious content from its website. And so all of us came to Twitter. So I kind of got a little boost on Twitter from that because I've made a post. I was like, hey, moving to Twitter, come follow me. Okay, so you have a day job, as they say. Uh -huh. You you went from Tumblr to Twitter and creating your own content. You have OnlyFans, right? Yeah, OnlyFans and just for fans. Uh, I do. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I have the fan site content things. Yeah. So I love producing. I mean, it's fun. So it's kind of a hobby for you, right? You um, it is, but it's a hobby that I take seriously. I'm sort of. I like to consider myself like a professional person in all aspects of things. Like I'm pretty organized. I have spreadsheets and calendars and things that are related to all these things. I mean, have I done the terrible millennial thing of monetizing all my hobbies? Absolutely. 
<laughs> not leaving. I mean, I guess my, my hobbies in like linguistics and like uh, diachronic phonology, things like that, I don't monetize whatsoever, although I've thought about it. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I take it seriously. I take it professionally. Where do you see the hobby going? Oh, no idea. Um, I'm going to do it as long as I can sustainably be in front of the camera without feeling exhausted. There is, I think, the tendency sometimes to get a little bit burnt out. That's actually, to be honest, you brought up that maybe the award that I should be getting is the is the guy next door award. And maybe that's true. I think that I have chosen that route. In other words, I've chosen to make and do porn that lives in the space that my brain already occupies because that's the most sustainable way for me to do it. Like, I'm just going to be myself. I'm not, now this is no shade against people that want to create a high concept porn character for themselves. Mm. But when you do that, that is, that sounds fucking exhausting. Like to constantly have to push out content that meets a certain very specific high concept character or theme or fetish or something. I set myself up to be like, you know what? I don't know how long it's going to take before I burn out. I've been at yeah. this since 2019 pretty regularly or whatever. Um, maybe it's 10 years. Maybe it's less than that. Who knows? I'm going to make it so that it's comfortable so that like I can just do what I want. I can have any kind of sex that I want. I can like do anything that I want on camera and I can like garner an audience that kind of is down for all of that or any individual aspect of that to like help with the burnout aspect so that I don't have to mm -hmm. feel like I have to like, you know, constantly push out some really complicated thing all the time. Right. Well, some people have asked me about doing a just for fans or only fans. Number one, I, I don't think it would be fun if I knew I had to create regular content. Hmm. I like doing porn. That's fun. I guess that's why chatterbait works for me because I can just hop on when I want to, when I feel like doing sure. it, it is fun for me. And then I get off and that's it. Uh, yeah. I, I think that that's great. I, I, happen to find fun in routines. <laughs> so like I'm a very routine oriented person. So for me, having regular scenes to release, having a regular workload, having regular scenes to edit, like these things are actually fun for me. I mm. enjoy editing. I've done a lot of editing on the side for other models actually over the last couple of years, which I recently stopped. Like last year, I stopped doing it. Mm. These are things that I happen to enjoy. I happen to enjoy a VTech. I happen to enjoy video production. So it makes kind of it kind of makes sense for me to be able to to become the content creator quote unquote and do those things because they don't really bother me fundamentally i kind of enjoy them I, I enjoy the routine and all that aspect of it if you just want to create stuff for fun i think that's what you should do um you know camming and chatterbait like that kind of stuff for money has never appealed to me and i'll tell you why because even though the mood may strike that one time or whatever you, I feel like maybe I'm doing it wrong and I don't know how to deal with all those like tip tiers and like all mm -hmm. this other crazy shit that cam models do. <laughs> but like, I don't want to sit in front of the computer for hours and hours and yeah. hours to like make a certain, I mean, you, like it's, it seems like a time suck and I'm a busy person. I have a lot of shit for me. Uh, normal porn shoot is easier because I'm like, okay, travel to location, do this at this time, right. shoot last for this, how many hours we're done. We're doing this, we go next, you know, another club, bus, plane, but you know, whatever, like, you know, that makes more sense to my brain. I almost never have like five hours on an afternoon right. to like sit in front of a camera and nor do I really want to do that. And it kind of like frustrates me. Like I am an edger and I love to edge, but I kind of don't want to go that long. 
<laughs> just to make just to make a just to make a coin, you know. Yeah. Well, you you definitely have a point about Chatterbait. I guess the way the reason it works for me is I'm not actually looking for money and uh, sure. which doesn't mean I don't appreciate tips. That's great, but uh for me it truly is a sexual outlet. So, you know, I just for go sure. on for an hour, have fun and leave. And then if I get some coin, great. If not, mm. you know, whatever, it doesn't matter to me. I see. So, but yeah, I definitely see your point there. I will also say that I am not in my heart of heart a soloist, meaning for me, it is not as much of a turn on to perform at masturbation for an audience of people whom I can't see. So chatterbait and things like that, like camming in general is just like less appealing to me. I'm at my, even though I like to cam, I almost always enjoy camming one-on-one with Mm -hmm. someone who I'm also interacting with as like a proxy for actually maybe having sex with them or whatever. So even though that's fun for me, like just performing solo, like I almost, I very rarely even release solo shit on my fan pages just because it's like not as much fun. Do you consider yourself an exhibitionist? I guess, um, but I feed off the energy of another person to like make that work. So interesting because I consider myself an exhibitionist, but the but getting on Skype one on one with someone doesn't work for me as much as the anonymous unseen audience. So interesting. We're just very we're polar opposites there. Yeah, yeah. Those are different ends of that spectrum. I think. I am an exhibitionist, sure, but I don't get off on exhibitionism. Does that make sense? No. <laughs> okay. I am not I am not specifically turned on by showing myself off. That's not where the kink is for me. I'm a performer. I enjoy being on camera. Like I enjoy those things, but those aren't the things that get me off. What gets me off during a scene is my interaction with my scene partner. Got it. Okay. Right. So the fact that we're doing it on camera, that feeds my like stage performer brain. Like I love performing for the camera. I Mm. I mean, I did, I did theater in high school and stuff. Like, I mean, I love being on stage. I love performing like that's performance. Mm -hmm. It's authentic performance or whatever, whatever you want to call it, but like, it's still performance. And so that's something enjoyable for me, but that's the act of showing myself naked to the world. Doesn't make me hard like that specifically. And that's what I think what real exhibitionism is for people that actually have an exhibitionism king. Yeah. Okay, cool. I wonder how many porn performers were drama geeks in high school <laughs> since you brought that up. Cause I was a drama geek. I, I think a lot of porn performers probably have some theatrical experience in their past. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, and that's, and that's exactly why I think if I was more of an exhibitionist specifically, like as a kink, I think that I would make a lot more solo stuff probably. Well, and I think making solo stuff is harder when you consider that it, it needs to be different from the scene you did before. You mean like on Halloween when I fucked a pumpkin? You did? Well, I'm sure you did. <laughs> I, you know what? I've, I have, I did, I did do that. I did do that. Sorry, world. I, I succumbed, I succumbed, succumbed, uh-huh. succumbed. I succumbed to that. Um, <laughs> no, uh, to that, that trend. Um, okay. So check it out. I almost always, when I do a solo scene for myself, have to have some sort of concept that I like write down in mind. Otherwise, it's hard for me to do it. So one time with a friend of mine, we did a thing where we like traded underwear in the mail. And then I like created a scene where like I went to, I like dropped his off at the post office and like got mine from the mailbox. And then I'm like sniffing it and like masturbating with like all that. That's fun. Like that's, that's a fun concept. I'm like committed to that in my brain. And then I can do the solo scene. 
half the time i feel like if i'm just like beating my meat or whatever and it's it's not enough for a scene so i'm just gonna put that on twitter for free for the world have fun you know enjoy (laughs) and you're you're definitely not solo sexual you would not identify as that i don't think so i i've seen that term bandied about and i am solo well it depends on what you mean by that i i don't know often what people mean when they say that so maybe i'd love to hear what your definition of solo sexual is i don't think i'm solo sexual at all actually um however i am maybe solo i'm solo in the sense of partnership like i don't desire traditional at least not at this stage of my life i don't desire traditional partnership i have lots of of lovers and close friends who are sexual or not in this like spans a spectrum and these people live all over and i care about them and i make time to see them and visit them but i love coming home to my own space and being alone i love being alone a lot of the time so in that sense i'm kind of solo um, I've heard a friend of mine described it as solo poly recently, um, which is a term that I kind of like, like the kind of lone wolf kind of thing. Um, but in terms of sexuality specifically, no, I don't necessarily, I mean, I love masturbating. I don't necessarily prefer it to partnered sex, which is what mm-hmm. I often think solo sexual means. But I use the term solo flexible for myself. Okay. What does that mean for you? For me, it's my primary MO is masturbation. And even if I am, but I can still enjoy sex with other men, though I typically do end up just getting myself off. And when I have sex with other men, it's not really about my dick. It's about theirs. I'm more into service. So, so I'm on, you know, it's a spectrum and I float back and forth, but that's why I call it solo flexible. And um, I see. Yeah. I mean, I can top too. It certainly happened, but it's just not my, not my main interest. I consider I, the reason why I won't use the term solo sexual for myself is because often for me, I love masturbating, but I absolutely prefer masturbating with someone than masturbating by myself. Mm-hmm. So I actually don't beat off alone very often. Yeah. No, I get that. Just, just to be, be, just to be controversial as a, as a baiter mm-hmm. dude out here. Cause I feel like lots of baiters are sort of solo ish by nature or whatever, but like, I, I love masturbating as the, I love the sexual act and I love masturbating with people like that drives me oh, absolutely yeah. wild. It's like the top of my sex pyramid. However, um, I don't masturbate solo very often. Cause, cause I also don't consider, cause half the time when I'm home and like alone and like horny and like, I have the time now to do this, I will like find someone who's like on Skype or whatever. And we'll have a one-on-one session, mm-hmm. which to me is not the same thing as masturbating truly alone. Um, mm-hmm. because what I'm doing is I'm intentionally seeking out interaction with another human being, which is still not solo space in my mind. Yeah. That's um, a good point. I, I, 99.9% of the time I will not jerk off all by myself either. There's it's either going to okay. be on chatterbait or in a cam room somewhere with other people. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But I think there is a difference though. It is still a little bit more of a solo activity if you're in a cam room mostly looking to show yourself off versus for someone like me where I'm looking for someone to specifically interact with yeah. as a proxy for like real sexual interaction. All right, we've covered nipples. The cum guzzling, the baiting. Well, do we, did do we, do we, do we, I mean, we haven't really gone deep into, into, into baiting. We can talk about baiting more. All right. Well, let's talk about baiting more. Are, do, Robert Black, do you consider yourself a gooner? Me? No. Hmm? No. Okay. Fair enough. I, I would like to take this moment because I feel like, so you may have noticed this phenomenon online 
where like the pandemic happened and suddenly like everyone appeared in cam rooms everywhere, even though this was like a, a thing that already existed before. Right. Cam rooms have existed ever since, since like dodgy, like, like 360 P or like 240 P dudes, nude cam rooms in like 2003 yeah. or what, I mean, they've been around forever. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people appeared and then like suddenly my, t- my Twitter timeline is like full in the last couple of years, like full of people like gooning, gooning, everyone's talking mm-hmm. about it like constantly yeah. where it felt like it was like a secret thing before. Mm-hmm. Um, what I feel like, I feel like no one can, can actually articulate what gooning is in like a simple, succinct sentence. But you're going to. Well, I can. I was going to ask you what you what you think of this phenomenon. What you think of okay. um, like bait bait being extremely popular, like in yeah. the last like couple of years, just because everyone's stuck at home and they're like masturbating furiously on Zoom chat rooms and things like yeah. that. When I think of gooning, I picture someone uh, jerking off and slack jawed and drooling and eyes rolling back in their head. It's just a very exaggerated expression of their pleasure. Right. Exactly. Have you, I will have you know that I have listened to like other podcasts where like people have hopped on and something, somehow this has like gotten discussed. Right. Um, and then people have actually begun to define things like gooning. And I think this is a, a feature of like the last couple of years and the way they've like shaped a lot of people like in exploring this stuff. They've like, I've heard someone define it as, well, it's, you know, it's like when you get on a zoom room, dot, 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 dot. And it's like, no, this has nothing to do with like, webcamming or like the internet per se right which i thought was really interesting i feel like it can best be described as uh fetishized performative stupidity like because it's performative because the only reason you know how like there's no reason why everyone would make the same stupid like goony face where their eyes are crossed and their tongues hanging out and they're like flexing their bicep like no one would do all of that if they weren't mimicking or performing the things that they saw other people doing so in some part it's performative and it's part mimicry and then in doing so you're like lulling yourself into this like extreme trance state and that's fun i enjoy that i don't show it on camera that much but it's fun so you you consider yourself a gooner in more in private than on camera yeah um, I feel like it's extremely intimate and it also mm-hmm. looks like extremely stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like I still have this little bit of social inhibition sometimes. Mm-hmm. I know, I mean, there are lots of performers that like show it really proudly on the internet all the time. I have a little bit of social inhibition sometimes that means like, oh, people are going to see this and think I'm a fucking weirdo. But like I do it in private with partners a lot because it's one of those things that when you go in really hard with another person and you're both doing that, you like it's like astral plane shit you're like on some weird other planet um and that feels really cool yeah i would say i've not gotten there yeah i would i i think it's akin to i mean do you know i mean i'm sure by this point we all have lots of friends who are of the human dog variety yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) um because there are many 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 puppies out there shout out to all the puppies i think i've heard a lot of pup friends of mine say it's kind of like when you're in the pup mode and you're just like barking and making animal noises and like wagging your tail around it enables you to like liberate yourself from normal Mm -hmm. human social things and you're just sort of like in a freed element like you can just be extremely free and i think that's kind of what what gooning kind of is like you can let yourself be as ridiculous as absolutely possible and not have to like curtail your behavior to what is expected for a normal human to be doing that's a good explanation and i i totally get your thoughts about not wanting to do that on 
video or have it captured electronically forever. It's a very intimate expression. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very intimate. It's sometimes it's hard to bring myself there when I'm in like performance mode, when I'm like in like I'm in front of a camera mode. Um, there's a little bit of like inhibition left for sure. Yeah. You know? And it can be taken out of context if here's a picture of Adam Surge and what the fuck? Well, I mean, those pictures exist. <laughs> those pictures are already all over the internet as it is. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just, I sometimes make goony faces when I'm getting fucked and stuff too. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> um, I, I don't feature it as often, but sometimes invariably when you're very, very horny and that is a, just a state you can default to, you go there. And so it absolutely has been and will continue to be captured on camera in perpetuity. I'm a firm believer that like the moment you put anything on video on the internet, you cannot complain about what happens to it. It's sort of like gone to the ether. Like it's out in the world. Like someone has screen grabbed it. Someone has like taken pictures. It's all over every facet, every weird subreddit and like 4chan, like random shit. Like it's everywhere. So you can't control it. So, you know, we've chatted briefly about the possibility of doing a scene together. Sure. That'd be fun. Would you plan something out or just like get together and just see where it goes? I like to, whenever I work with scene partners, I take sort of an intermediate approach to this. I think that we should just be horny and like stroke peepees um, and like see how the mood takes us. It's, it's not really that deep. But that being said, I have like storyboarded scenes with people before. I like to, at the very least, jot down a list with someone like what are the kinds of shots you want to capture? Because this is tripod work or POV work. Like this is not, we don't have a camera person, right? Mm -hmm. So we can't be sure that we're going to get everything the way we want it to. And sometimes, you know, the hottest thing happens and someone's back is to the camera and you can't see a single bit of it. Well, there's only one shot I know I would want to get. Okay. What's that? You just came all over your stomach and my tongue is going for it. Okay, great. Love that. So, but see, that's important because you would hate for the cameras to be facing at someone's back while that's happening. You want to see the up close come, the up close thing. So, what we would do in that case, Robert Black, what I would suggest doing is being like, okay, we're edgers, like we can go forever, right? So, we're okay. Are we going to come soon? We're going to do the cummy stuff now. Okay. So time out. Let's reset, (laughs) reset cameras, get them in position so that after the nut happens and your face dives in because you're a hungry cum slut pig. Thank you. The camera's already there and it's grabbing it and it's, it's grabbing it and it's ready to go. Is there any specific thing that you would want to get on cam with me? Uh, I love, well, I mean, I love an up close um, nipple and tongue shot. I think that's mm. really, really key. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to feature those as much as possible, um, especially because I feel like, that shot is missing from so much porn. Like there's so much porn. There's so many porn where like some dude has this like perfect fucking titty and it's not even getting touched. Like not even, not even a finger is grazing it and nothing Mm -hmm. makes me so frustrated like that. So I'm like, I am going to make the porn that I wish was there. And that's going to include that. God damn. Um, (laughs) um, I also love, I love an up close, shot of a tongue on anything really uh, just the act of watching a tongue move around is kind of enough for me tongues moving up and down a torso or up and down a body are really hot um, i love shots like that i love shots that show very intense eye contact not with the camera though that weirds me out but 
with the scene partner yeah. um, where you can tell that two scene partners are like looking deeply at each other. I think that's not very often captured. And I feel like, especially with bait and like edge stuff, like you are m- moving yourself into this like trance like state of being already. So it kind of lends itself naturally to having mm-hmm. some very intense eye contact. So any kind of sex with really intense eye contact is really hot. Like that's why I like even when fucking like missionary is really hot to me because like I can look directly at someone. One thing I don't get from you the role play is not big for you. Dad, son, pizza boy, blah, that kind of thing. Or is it? I actually, I actually love role play. Um, certain kinds of role play more than, than others. Um, something that you often see from my content is I definitely dive deep into the, like the, like hyper masculine, like bro on bro stuff. Like that stuff turns me on wildly. Um, mostly because I think that when I was growing up, it's kind of like stupid and Freudian or whatever. When I was growing up, like, I didn't have a lot of extremely close relationships to men. So I now can like perform or like indulge in hyper masculinity with men. And if I, I find that super affirming and super fun. So that kind of role play I really love. Um, but uh, yeah, I have done daddy son stuff. So I filmed with Damon Andros for Guy Bone um, in 2020 before the pandemic started. Um, and that was interesting because like he can definitely take me there to like boy mode. Mm-hmm. Um, not many people can. Um, it was definitely very acting for me when the scene started. Like I knew we were doing daddy son stuff and I knew I was going to be boy and he was going to be daddy the whole time. But it kind of like unlocked something for me i haven't i haven't found that many people that can take me to that same place uh, the way that he can um so he's one of them for sure but yeah we have a magical sort of like daddy son chemistry i think he has that with a lot of boys but like but like this sort of thing he has this very like as i i've I've sort of mentioned this earlier like i'm super not into like hyper aggressive sexual energy but he has this like perfect like nurturing daddy like kind of like i'm gonna hold you close to me and tell you you're my boy and then i don't know maybe take you out for ice cream or something like i don't know it's just like it's like really special that it's just like i was just like unlocked and like tongue waggy and like i just want to service you so fucking bad you know like that so i can definitely go there and that happened like mid midway through the scene i realized that was happening it's like oh oh this is a new kink unlock <laughs> um so maybe 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 someday i'll have a collar on me but uh not anytime not anytime soon i'm yeah, still okay. i'm still very like you know free to the wind but but at the same time like that unlocked that for me for sure um so that that's something in terms of like role play like like acting shit like delivery boy shit like i did one scene um in december uh with uh skip marshall who's a who's a, a performer um who's super cool and gotten super popular uh so congratulations recently but uh but he and i did like a roommate's kind of thing like mm-hmm. a like a roommate acting thing um i would do pizza delivery person um i would do any of these things because they sound fun they don't necessarily speak to me in like a kink or fetish way like i don't the idea of being a doctor in a medical examination room or something doesn't like make my dick hard but sex makes my dick hard and acting is fun so <laughs> when you put those things together i'm just having a good time so like mm-hmm. for me it's not about the kink but just like it is fun so sure why the fuck not adam is there anything else that you wanted to share with the listeners people if you don't know who i am i think a lot of your listeners probably do 
not not to be like conceited, but just like, you know, I feel like a lot of these like beta dudes on the internet all kind of know each other, follow each other, like mm-hmm. have some sort of, and I feel like that's a lot of your audience maybe. Yeah. Oh, it's a community. Yeah. It's a community. I feel like, you know, if you see my shit online, like, you know, I'm a friendly person. Um, I don't interact with like every random person that sends me messages or whatever. Cause that's like impossible to do. Um, but if you are a listener and anything that I'm saying strikes a chord and you are a model and a creator and you want to make more stuff. Like I'm down to clown. I'm down to travel. Like I definitely invest in this. So I'm down to make more scenes. Cause I, I do feel like the kind of porn that I make is not very represented. Like a lot some people make that kind of stuff, but like not that many people, especially not as much as my, like at least my Twitter timeline seems to suggest to me. So yeah, I'm always down to make, to make more fun, 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 goofy stuff. Thank you, Adam Surge, for being on Sexual Heroes today. And maybe at some point we'll get to work together. That'd be wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. For more information about a guest on Sexual Heroes, check the show notes on your favorite podcast app or simply visit sexualheroes.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Robert Black XXX, and you'll find a link to the Heroes and Fans Facebook group at Robert Black xxx.com. Thanks for listening.